Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, it's another mixed bag. Unfortunately, I think in the mixed bag, a lot of the bad news outweighs the good news. The Cary Lake uh, race in Arizona and the call by a number of news outlets just really stink. I mean, you can't possibly justify taking a week to count these votes, having her opponent being the secretary of state monitoring the elections while simultaneously acknowledging you had massive problems in Maricopa County, which probably turned a lot of voters off and then just claim we should all shut up and not ask any questions. You can't do that. But it was a mixed bag. It looks now highly likely, almost inevitable at this point that the GOP is going to take the House, which is a good thing. I'm going to put that in historical perspective. I got a lot for you today. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Folks, protect your online activity from the prying eyeballs of big tech and government. Use a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino today and pick it up. It's a great product. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. I've got that. Had a caller yesterday to the show saying uh, it, was, it was great. I like alternate perspectives. He said, no, listen, there's no optimism in this basically at all. We got wiped out. Here's the history. So I did a little homework on the history. And it's interesting. Um, the history is interesting. The caller wasn't wrong, but I think I'll get to it in a second. I think his perspective is right, but the degree of it's wrong. Today's show brought to you by Brickhouse Nutrition. This is my favorite product. This is a Field of Greens. It is, this is Wild Berry. This is 18 essential fruits and vegetables, wholesome fruits and vegetables with all those unbelievable macro and micronutrients we know we need for our health, right? Ground up into a delicious tasting powder. Throw it in a protein shake, water, orange juice. I put it in green tea sometimes. I feel better, have more energy, and have peace of mind knowing I'm giving my body the nutrients it needs to function optimally. Don't take chances with your health anymore. You got record fertilizer, you got record heat, fertilizer shortages and inflation. Getting fresh produce may be a challenge in the coming months ahead. This is your fresh produce insurance plan. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan today. Get 15% off your first order with the promo code Dan. Ladies and gentlemen, forget scripts here. I don't need them. I swear by this stuff. I, I begged him to produce this. I know about the health benefits, and I know you do. It's about fruits and vegetables as well. We don't have a lot of time to cook them. Field of Greens is the way to go. They have lemon, lime, wild berry. It's delicious. Even better, when you go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan, if you subscribe, you'll save an additional 10% every month. Folks, with all the viruses out there, it can't hurt to reinforce your body. Studies show eating fruits and vegetables can support heart health, blood pressure, healthy metabolism, and more. Again, I swear by it. It's my single favorite nutrition product. It's a staple. On my diet, BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Pick up Field of Greens today. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Promo code Dan. All right, Joseph, let's go. It's showtime, Mr. Dan. Here we go. It is. So, you know, this morning I'm, uh, I'm, I'm chatting with Paula and we can't believe the Cary Lake race. The Cary Lake race, let's, you know, again, sometimes you just got to call it what it is. The Cary Lake race is just a disaster for us right now. And let me just get to a couple of quick reasons before I play some audio of Carrie Lake exposing obvious problems with what happened in Maricopa County. Obviously, number one is Carrie Lake is a, is, a, is a star. You don't find candidates like this often. She's incredibly talented, incredibly quick on her feet. She knows and understands and researches the issues. And she talks to people. Um, she talks to not at them. Don't underestimate that skill, ladies and gentlemen. How many times have you seen a politician on TV? Joe, come on. You were in the business. Yes. Uh, so you, Joe was in morning radio in Baltimore, political morning radio forever. How many candidates do that? You listen to them on the air, right? Very and you're few. like, oh my gosh, like this guy, just stop with the talking points, right? It's hard. Yeah. Matter of fact, just a quick side note, Joe, I'm, I'm finishing up my book um, my, and Joe, you're, you, fig, you feature prominently in it. Oh, and cool. uh, I talk about when Joe and I, you do, I didn't want to tell you, but I'll tell you now. And I talk about how Joe came out to me after I was on his morning show that time with the, with the boys. And he's like, man, you know, we need to work together a little bit. Now that was eight years ago. We've been friends ever since. Carrie Lake has this ability. So, you know, potentially, you know, losing her here is it hurts. It stings. Now I, I, the idea that she ran against Katie Hobbs, who was overseeing the election that had unquestionably mountains of problems in Maricopa County, one of the largest voting districts in the country. It's just, you expect us all to just stop asking questions about what happened. Come on, give me a break. Here's Carrie Lake last night on Jesse Waters show stating the obvious, like 
what the hell happened here? My opponent was in charge of this thing. The thing was a total disaster. Check this out. There's a hundred. I mean, look at my notes, 158,000 ballots that have not been counted yet. And 94,000 of those are in Maricopa County where they took our sacred vote and they and they just made a mockery of it. It's outrageous, Jesse, what happened. I had a man come up to me at breakfast yesterday and said, I showed up to vote. There was a three hour line. They said the tabulator machines were not working. I drove across the way and went to another 15 minute drive to another center and the printing uh, printers weren't working. They had no toner in them. <laughs> I drove another 20 minutes and finally voted. It was a half a day odyssey to cast my vote. And we're getting thousands of people reaching out saying the exact same thing. Folks, we got to start reaching out. I encourage media folks in the Arizona region and conservative bloggers and others to start reaching out to people um, and see what happened here. See if they were in fact turned away or if not turned away. I want to be accurate with my language. Or um, got frustrated with the lines and left. Now, you may say, well, it's, you know, it's your job not to leave. No, 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 no. I don't want to hear that because the Democrats have constantly fabricated conspiracy theories, right, Joe, about long lines in Democrat districts designed to turn people away for years. Yeah. So now we have one that's actually not a conspiracy theory. That's real. We have video of it. And I'd like to know who may have left the line and how many people. Folks, it's hard to prove a counterfactual. OK, I, I can't you can't prove what didn't happen. It's like saying the stock market would have done this if this happened. Well, it didn't happen, so you'll never know. I don't know what would have happened in the Cary Lake race had Maricopa County not colossally up this election. Gosh, sometimes I just want to let loose. It's hard. I can't prove that, right? I can't prove that. You can't prove a counterfactual. It's impossible by nature. However, I'm getting a little tired of Democrat conspiracy theories from Hillary Clinton, Stacey Abrams, and others about voter suppression when we have actual video of potential voter suppression and nobody seems to care. I do. I do. The mixed bag, however, is this. We're closing in, Maybe I, I think by today, we'll have won the House. Okay, okay, again, I get it. Not by the margins we want. You're totally correct in that. Um, but winning the House is a big deal. I explained that yesterday. I showed you that Stephen McIntyre tweet kind of digging into the numbers a little bit about how hard it is right now to flip the house. There are just not enough swing districts left. You have to understand computer redistricting, where they use a computer to carve up lines to make it impossible for Republicans and Democrats to win. Democrat states, they make it impossible for Republicans to win seats. It's the other way around. I lived in Maryland. Joe, you remember Maryland when they had four Republicans and four Democrats? They yeah. had Connie Morella. Who was it? Uh, Roscoe Bartlett, Bartlett, Bob Ehrlich. And it was one, I forget the other one, but there were four, four Republicans. They have eight congressional seats in Maryland. The computers jumped in. They redistricted the state to seven to one. Yep. You went from four, four. To, now Republicans do the same thing. They carve out Democrats. My point is you have a block of seats. Republicans are never going to lose. You have a block of seats. Democrats are never going to lose. And you have this small sliver of swing seats. We basically won most of them. We should have we won a lot more. You're not wrong. But a caller called in my radio show yesterday. Really nice guy. His name is Chris. And he's like, Dan, I don't want to hear it. It sucked. And the history is the worst performance we've had since 1934 or something. I mean, it said like that. And uh, you know what? He's not wrong numbers wise. And I do appreciate the call. I, again, I think his name is Chris. Uh, I love hearing alternate perspectives and what people are thinking. Again, the irony, though, is funny. Guy and I get emails all the time and people are like, Dad, your show's so dark sometimes about where the country's headed. And then it's interesting. Like yesterday, I got the exact opposite, right, Guy? Emails, this is crazy. You're being too much of an optimist. I don't, listen, I, I'm only, I, all I'm telling you is the truth. So I went back and I, I wanted to give you some historical perspective here on where we are. And I found a great article by James Freeman talking about, the, the article's, the Freeman titles, he covers a lot of stuff. It says, progressive now a bad word in U.S. politics. The article initially is about AOC's destructive impact on Democrat politics. Really, almost everyone she got behind got destroyed or annihilated. AOC's become a joke on the left. They can't even stand her. But later in the piece, he addresses this, uh, the, the, the record of history when it comes to midterms. So Freeman says, looking at the big picture, he goes to this guy, Dan Clifton of Strategas, who suggests Republicans underperformed in this year's elections. but but here's the but here, in some ways matched recent trends. 
I bet you haven't heard this anywhere. I was kind of surprised too, because I, you know, I, I was, again, I was under the impression, you know, all right, this was pretty ugly and it wasn't as ugly as it could have been. So they go back through the history. This is a, it's a long post. I'm just going to, here's the, just a quick takeaways. And this is the actual historical record here. He says the Republican majority is going to be a razor thin, probably just maybe two votes or so, or two, uh, two members on the Republican side. And he says, although the House margins are tight, the results parallel recent history. They do. You listen to the media, you'd think like, forget it. This was like the apocalypse. He says, number one, the sitting president lost the House of Representatives, but maintained control of the Senate. That's what's happened in recent history, folks. It's just the facts. That's what happened here, too. He's going to lose the House and he's going to maintain control of the Senate. Even if Herschel wins, it'll be 50-50 with the Kamala Harris split. Okay, same where it was before. They said, too, the Senate races all voted in the same manner as the 2020 presidential election, with the exception of Wisconsin. And with the exception of Bill Clinton, presidents who controlled the Senate going into their first midterm election maintain control. He notes, though, and this you are, you are absolutely right. We, we dramatically underperformed and failed. And I think uh, McCarthy and Ronna McDaniel need to answer for this. Yet they note the Republican win should have produced more House seats, considering Republicans are likely to win the popular vote by 4 and 7%. Over 2020's total. Those are the facts. We should have won more. We should have won a lot more. Our, there was an eight-point swing in the popular vote, ladies and gentlemen, for the House. You understand that? An eight-point swing? We lost the House popular vote by, well, what was it, three points in the last election. We won it by five. That's an eight-point swing. And we still didn't take home enough seats. But it is in line with history. They kept the Senate, lost the House. All right, moving on, because I don't want to uh, annihilate that thing to death. I know a lot of you are, uh, are frustrated, understandably so. There's a great piece out there by J.D. Vance, who's the senator-elect now from Ohio, a guy I strongly support. It's in American Conservative. Please read it in the newsletter. It's worth your time. Bongino.com slash newsletter. It's where you can access the newsletter. This is definitely worth your time. The article's titled, very simply, Don't Blame Trump. Folks, listen, everybody has a little bit of blame in the fact that we didn't perform as well as we should have, okay? Everyone, including me. Maybe I should have done a better job advocating for certain candidates. Folks, none of us, you know, none of us are beyond reproach here. Maybe there's people out there in the audience who could have voted and didn't. We all share a little bit of blame. However, the media's efforts to pile on Trump and make it out like Donald Trump somehow was this catastrophe to the Republican Party, um, I think is hilariously misguided. So I saw this piece by Vance, and he addresses some, again, facts. Facts matter. I just gave you the history. That's the facts. Here are facts, too. He's talking about how midterm, uh, the autopsy ought to focus on how close the national money gap was and how to turn out less engaged voters. Listen, I ran for office, okay? I understand this process as well as anybody. Sometimes you learn more from losing than you do from winning. I'm, I'm not joking, because you can win on luck and then think you did something right. You don't lose on luck. J.D. brings up a couple important points. I'll get to one of them in the screenshot in a second. But one of them he brings up is that a lot of voters who were traditionally Democrat, this is a brilliant, brilliant point he brings up. He understands this in Ohio. Who were working class, um, non-college educated workers. You know, the people who build this country. The carpenters, the miners, yeah. cab drivers, electricians. Joe, you know this. A lot of these guys were blue-collar Democrats in the past. Damn right. And women. They were. I mean, that's just... But he notes, when you look at just the numbers, it's just it's not an indictment of anyone. It's just they look at the numbers. A lot of those voters stayed out of midterms. They'd vote in presidentials, and they wouldn't vote in midterms. They were Democrats in the past. That gave the Republicans in the midterm a strategic advantage because a lot of former Democrats stayed home. Now... The benefit to Donald Trump is Donald Trump brought tons, including my brother, who's a local three electrician, tons of these union, blue collar, Pennsylvania, uh, you know, West Virginia, Ohio voters. He brought tons of them over to the Republican Party. You're like, all right, so what's the bad news? Well, the bad news is some of them were the same voters who basically stay out of midterms. They just do. And Trump wasn't on the ballot. It is in, folks, it's a, it's a, by the way, the numbers in the piece are irrefutable. It's not an opinion. It's a fact. 
You can look at the data. Please read the piece. It is a brilliant point everybody's missing. When Trump is on the ballot, we won Pennsylvania with Trump in 2016. When he's not on the ballot, we get smoked. But another piece he brings up, which believe me, I know all too well, is, you know, we're underestimating the power of incumbency and money in politics. Here, another brilliant point. This piece went viral yesterday. And again, I encourage you to read it. J.D. says this brings us to the Senate. In competitive states, every non-incumbent candidate was swamped with cash by the National Democrats. Everyone. He says it's true in the Senate races with Trump-aligned candidates like him, he notes, and anti-Trump candidates like Republican Joe O'Day in Colorado and those who straddle both camps. In other words, whether you were anti-Trump or pro-Trump, if you weren't the incumbent, you probably lost. So understand how does Trump's fault? O'Day in Colorado basically came out and said, I'm, I'm, I am not for Trump at all. And he lost. Masters was more of a Trump guy. And, uh, and so were some others who ran. Uh, Oz, Oz was endorsed by Trump. And they lost. So uh, I don't understand. How's that Trump's fault? The discriminating factor between those who won and those who lost was what? J.D. Vance was a Trump guy and he won. I, again, I'm, I'm missing the logic here. How this is all Trump's fault. He notes on the House side, there's a similar story. Every person blaming Trump or bad candidates endorsed by Trump needs to show us a single national marquee race where a non-incumbent beat a well-funded opponent. The few exceptions, New York among them, don't tell some easy anti-Trump story. Folks, again, I'm, I'm not trying to spin your wheels or you know, sycophantically protect anyone. I care about the movement. I don't care about individuals. Personally, I care about them. But politically, I care about the movement more than anything. That's all that matters to me. I've got nothing to lose, man. I save my money. I do every, I don't live that kind of life. I am not in hock to anyone or anything. But blaming Trump while, while similarly ignoring the fact that he brought over a ton of middle-class voters who may have sat it out because he's not on the ballot while simultaneously ignoring the massive advantages of incumbency and then ignoring the money advantage of the Democrats. I'm sorry, you're just not serious. You're just not serious. You're just like your, in, your instinct is just to blame Trump, no matter what, which sounds kind of like the last six years. Folks, let me get to uh, this other article uh, as well in the Wall Street Journal, because we have a race left and I can't have anybody quitting. There's no quitting this dog. I know there's no quitting you either. Won the House, Senate, we need, we need it to be a push. Now, for those of you saying, oh, it doesn't matter, even if it's 50-50 and we lose with Herschel, it's no big deal. You know, even if it's 51-49 versus 50-50, they still control the Senate either way. No, that's wrong. Journal has another great piece, why the Georgia runoff election still matters. I'm going to get to my next sponsor, but they cover two things. The length of the term and committee assignments. This stuff matters. Everybody needs to get on board Team Herschel. Stat, or we could be in big trouble. All right, let me get to my next sponsor. I appreciate your patience. I'll get to that in a second. Also, a video from Jesse Waters yesterday on The Five, which just slams where we are right now with Biden. It's just an embarrassment uh, with China yesterday. From supply chain issues to increased demand on top of everything else that business owners have to manage, the businesses who are thriving right now are the ones who are forward thinking. Podium helps your small business stay ahead of the curve with modern messaging tools that make it easy for your customers to connect with your business. From healthcare providers to plumbers, over 100,000 businesses are texting with customers through Podium. With Podium's all-in-one inbox, you can do even more than just chat. Get more online reviews by sending an easy-to-use link. Collect payments fast and from anywhere and send marketing campaigns that actually get a response all by doing what? Sending a quick text. See how Podium can grow your business. Don't let your partner, don't let your competitors beat you to the punch here. See how Podium can grow your business. Watch a demo today at podium.com slash Bongino. P-O-D-I-U-M. Watch the demo today, podium.com slash Bongino. Podium.com slash Bongino. Let's grow. Thanks, Podium. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. 
And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. So small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black in two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals and a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. So, again, just quickly with this piece in the journal, this race matters big time. They note here something I've told you before about the Senate races. They're six-year terms. I know, I know you, again, forgive me, there are some liberals listening who may not know this. These are not house terms. They're not two-year house terms. These are six-year terms. Meaning, if we win now, uh, uh, Herschel Walker's in that seat through the next presidency. And as I told you, the electoral map for them in the Senate in 2024 is a disaster. They're defending mansion seat. They've got another seat out there. Uh, uh, what is it? Ohio on the map. They've got, a, uh, I think, Wisconsin. They've got a ton of swing state seats we can take back. If we held... And we win with Herschel in 2024. We got this guy for six years. It's not two. It'll, and they know it'll matter to organizing the Congress for three Congresses. Get out and vote. Here's another point. Committee assignments. Uh, for, for the next two years, the difference of a single seat would help, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, would help the Democrats. If they win Herschel's seat, the majority party, the Dems, wouldn't have to split committee assignments with the minority, the Republicans. Meaning the Democrats wouldn't have to negotiate with the GOP. Folks, if we had won those Georgia seats, we wouldn't be dealing with this Inflation Reduction Act right now, inflation and all this other nonsense. We'd be able to get our hands around it. We got to get that seat. Committee assignments are up there. They would have to negotiate with us. It is, it's critical we win that seat. Absolutely critical. So um, if we don't, we'll be dealing more with the Corrupt man in the White House. I mean, the most corrupt, infantile. Uh, I mean, at this point, I'm running out of adjectives to describe how awful this guy in the White House is. He's also the luckiest human being on the planet. I'll get to that in another day. He really is, Joe Biden. That an incompetent buffoon like this guy can continue to disgrace the United States every day with relatively few repercussions. Uh, I mean, this is, this is, he's got to have a pot of gold at the end of a rainbow. I've never seen anything like it. Jesse Waters was on The Five yesterday. And after Biden, he met with uh, Xi Jinping from China yesterday in Indonesia, a country I've been to. It's, a, it's, it's around the other side of the world. It's a tough time change, right? Biden humiliated himself. The, the, the ass kissing, I don't know any easy way to describe it, of Xi Jinping in an effort to not offend him in front of the world despite the fact that he's threatening Taiwan, imprisoning Uyghurs, was just humiliating. And the fact that his son, we know his son, has engaged in very shady business operations with people connected to the Chinese Communist Party makes a lot of people ask questions. But they're only conservatives. Mainstream media people are not asking any questions. Like, man, isn't that kind of weird? Joe Biden kisses the ass of Xi Jinping while his son is uh, potentially uh, has a blackmail file against him? Listen to Waters explain this on the five. Brilliant point. Check this out. Do you remember all that talk about whether that the Russians had dirt on Donald Trump and that was maybe affecting his policies? Why don't we ever hear about maybe the fact that the Chinese have dirt on Joe Biden, if that's affecting his policies? Do you remember the amount of pressure Donald Trump was under to constantly have to confront Vladimir Putin to his face Hold him accountable for interfering in the election. Did you ask him if he interfered? Did you did you confront him about interfering? And he's like, yes, I fought, I did it. And I, I did and he it. Said he didn't do I anything. did it. I did it. And then finally, no, there's no pressure except maybe from this show. Nobody seems to care in the mainstream media. That's what power looks like. That's hierarchy right there. But we're not going to let it go. We're not going to let it go. I refuse to let it go. I'm not going to let this guy get away with it. Now that we will take the House, I want to make sure that we get this information in front of the American people. And I want people on the record. They don't want to go up in front of the House and testify? Good. We can lock them up like they locked up Bannon and just about anyone else they chose to make a political prisoner out of Peter Navarro and others, too. 
It's a brilliant point by Jesse there. So Donald Trump's fake collusion with Russia is a national story worthy of a special counsel. But Hunter Biden and Joe Biden's actual collusion with China is uh, to be buried and swept under the carpet. Not on my watch and not on yours either. It seems influence peddling, you know, and foreign interference are only crimes when they can falsely accuse the GOP of doing them. I thought influence peddling was a big deal. I thought Nancy Pelosi said years ago they wanted to drain the swamp. That was her thing first. Remember that? Nancy Pelosi is the swamp. Do you see this red state story? I touched on it a little bit yesterday. Have you heard of this guy, SBF, Samuel Bankman Freed? The story has gone nuclear. He runs a company called FTX. It's a crypto exchange, a cryptocurrency exchange. There are allegations out there um, that, well, not like we know about the donations to the Democrats. This guy is the second biggest donor to Democrats. Red State covers it here. He, she notes, uh, Bonchi notes, but here's where things get even weirder. While the United States was bankrolling Ukraine, its war effort, the country's leaders were investing money into FTX. Now, Ukraine denies this. Just to be put out a statement this morning, I'm, I'm uh, obligated as because we put facts there to give you both sides. But uh, in the piece, she says it was also revealed that FTX had partnered with Ukraine to process donations to their war efforts within days of Biden pledging billions. Ukraine invested into FTX as the Biden administration funneled funds to the invaded nation and FTX had made massive donations to Democrats in the United States. Again, Ukraine says didn't happen. Ladies and gentlemen, regardless of that part happened or not, it is a fact that this guy, Samuel Bankman-Fried, who runs this company called FTX, which is going through a massive scandal right now as the company's money, no one seems to know where the money is. People who invested their crypto or kept their crypto with this exchange can't seem to get their money back. There are allegations that they may have taken the money and then invested it in another firm. Folks, I mean, really, this stinks of a Madoff-like scheme here. Yet it's really strange, whereas the Joe Biden influence peddling scheme with his son in China swept under the carpet from the drain the swamp crowd, right? You're not hearing much about this one either. Maybe because this guy outside of what, Soros and his crew, whatever, this guy SBF was the biggest donor to Democrats? Strange how the media, like again, carpet... Here is a piece I found this morning doing homework on this, a piece of video. You got to check this out. Here's Ken Griffin of Citadel. Ken Griffin's on a panel. I want you to watch how he makes the moderator so uncomfortable. He's talking to the moderator about this Samuel Bankman Freed FTX scandal. Again, second biggest donor to Democrats. Companies going under. People can't get their cryptocurrency money out. And again, the media's like, ah, whatevs, babe, whatevs. Here's Ken Griffin saying, you know, it's really strange with this SBF guy. He seemed to be really committed to taking down Donald Trump. Nobody cares. They're just committed to blaming Trump for the election. Here, listen to yourself. You know, on the balance sheet of FTX is a line called Trump lose. And Sam was the second biggest donor to Democratic candidates. I'm going to leave it to everybody else to draw their own conclusions about what you're saying here. Right. Those are those are really, really ugly facts when you see a fraud of this magnitude having played out and you find no regulators were there to prevent it. That's a really, really tough story. I love the the best part of that video, guys, is the moderator. The moderator is so clearly uncomfortable with this. It's hilarious. I'll let the, uh, I'll, uh, uh, the audience, I'll let you decide. Meanwhile, if the story was reversed, right? And it was about defeat Biden. The moderator would be like, that's a, oh my gosh, that's a heresy. Hang them by their toenails. I mean, uh, these guys are hilarious. Now, I don't know. I haven't seen that revenue line. But Ken Griffin of Citadel, I'm pretty sure if he's putting it out there, um, he knows something. This guy was committed to defeating Donald Trump, a huge donor in the millions. Now, I've got a few questions here. What did the Democrats do with that money? Where is it now? Are they going to return it? If you're going to return it, you ret- who are you returning it to? Are you returning it to SBF, Sam Bankman-Fried, for his legal defense? Or are you returning it to crypto customers that can't get their money? Kind of weird how nobody's really talking about this. And another thing. So we got the House committees taking over with the new Congress coming up. I got some questions for you. How about these? 
I'd like to see the emails. Wouldn't you? I'd like to see the emails between Samuel Bankman Freed, FTX, and lawmakers. I'd like to see the emails between them and big tech. I'd like to see the emails between FTX, SBF, lawmakers, and activist groups. Because, ladies and gentlemen, it seems like the Democrats spent, what, six years pushing a collusion narrative between Trump and the Russians that turned out to be false while operating actual collusion right under the old noseroo. Weird. So strange. Trump colluded with the Russians over a pee-pee tape. Turns out to be ridiculous. Yet the Democrats, a big money network's involved. Guy turns out to be a uh, really shady CEO at best. And you don't hear much about it. I want to see those emails. I'm going to get to that in a second, too. George Soros and Arabella. What's Arabella? Don't you go anywhere. I'm happy to tell you. Let me get to this first. Appreciate your patience. We love our sponsors here, and they like to talk to you. iTarget. You have iTarget? If you don't, get it. If you have a firearm, you need iTarget. It's I-T-A-R-G-E-T, iTargetPro.com. You heard me talk about iTarget for years. I'm going to take you to the next level now. You have a, you got to get this new product. It's called iTarget Cube. You ever seen these competitive shooters? They practice timing drills on the range. Imagine being able to do that at home anytime you want, never spending a dime on ammo. That's what the all-new iTarget Cube does. The iTarget Cube is fully compatible with your existing laser rounds. You can buy one or upgrade to the three-pack for a truly unique training experience. Compete with friends, practice clearing drills, or use random mode to test your ability to react all while the system times every shot you take. Right now, save 10% plus free shipping with the offer code DAN when you go to itargetpro.com. iTarget comes in most calibers from 9mm to 223, so you can train with almost any firearm. It's the easiest and most cost-effective way to train. It pays for itself in a single day. That's the letter, itargetpro.com, itargetpro.com, offer code DAN. Pick it up today. You're going to love it, itargetpro.com. Okay. You want to talk about collusion? I'll talk about collusion. I want to see what SBF was doing, activist groups were doing, Soros-connected groups were doing. Were they working with big tech? They were clearly working with lawmakers. We got the receipts on that one. Here's a piece by a good friend, uh, Jordan Schachtel, who used to work with uh, over at CRTV, The Blaze, before they became The Blaze. Jordan's a really good guy. And he talks about something in his, uh, in his substack. The link is in my newsletter today. You should check it out about how this Twitter advertiser boycott, again, is being organized by Soros, Clinton people, and foreign networks of dark money. I thought the Democrats were against dark money. Ha! Just like you thought they were against the swamp, too. They are the swamp. Folks, there is a censorship war going on right now, funded by millions and millions of dollars of communist-leaning leftists who would love nothing more than to shut you down. The perfect story to go along with this SBF story. You ever heard of Arabella? You need to. A-R-A-B-E-L-L-A. Read this piece. Again, it's in my newsletter today. I, I hadn't. No. You, you, not, not many people. It's not just you and you're in the... Yeah. Arabella is this, it's this network of donors and includes George Soros. You know him, certainly. And eBay founder, who's a big lib, Pierre Omidyar. A significant chunk of the group's cash, Arabella, also comes from overseas. They note this Swiss billionaire, who doesn't appear to be an American citizen, by the way, who's given over $135 million to the fund. And the New York Times reported Nicole Gill, the co-founder of Accountable Tech, they're associated with the censorship movement too, was previously a director at this hub project also. Uh, I'm supposed to have some relationship to this Swiss billionaire. Folks, when you're living this like I am, I want you to understand this big tech, um, you know, crypto bro, and I'm not knocking crypto, more the bro side than the crypto side, crypto bro stuff, working with the Democrats. You understand they're all in bed together, activist groups, big tech. You've got uh, global leftist billionaires. You've got globalist organizations, the w WEF and elsewhere. They are all in bed together. There is nothing they want more than censorship to stop you from talking about what they're doing. I want to see emails, and I want to know if there's any communication between FTX people and these people and Arabella, and you should too. 
It also explains this, this Washington Times article, why a United States Senator, Ed Markey, is so comfortable publicly violating the First Amendment. Publicly. Washington Times. Senator Ed Markey, by the way, huge, I mean, enormous lib, like almost to the left of Bernie Sanders. Senator Ed Markey warns Elon Musk, fix your companies or Congress will. This guy is unbelievable. I mean, the moose nuts on this guy. This guy's a United States senator blatantly violating the First Amendment, threatening government action on free speech. Why? Because he's got billions of dollars behind him in leftist assets, a media kissing his ass, and leftists and liberals, including uh, former groups that were against this stuff in the Rage Against the Machine era of the left, where they were like the hippies, that are now all in line with censorship. This is all they want. Censorship is their thing. He doesn't care, folks. He knows the media will never check him at all. They love censorship. That leads me to this from Playbook this morning, which I had a laugh. So as this story's breaking, again, this is, folks, the freaking grapefruits on these people. This is what power looks like, brother. This is what it looks like, brother. Like, Coco. hey, brother, eat your vegetables. This is what it looks like. This is what it looks like when you have major league coconuts hanging between your legs. They have so much power, the media, that the hilarity of this doesn't even hit them. Playbook, which is the Bible of the left. I read it in the morning. Here's one of the opening lines. House Oversight Chair Carolyn Maloney, again, a radical leftist, released new documents show showing six nations spent 750K at the Trump Hotel. Oh, my God. They did? So a legally owned hotel, foreigners who came to the United States spent money there? Did That's your, that's your, that's your skin. So, so just to be clear, $37 million in donations come from this guy, Samuel Bankman Freed, (laughs) 37 million to Democrats. We don't even know where the money came from. The guy I think is in the Bahamas right now. Nobody cares about that, but playbook is really interested in 750 K Six nations. There's no allegation they did anything illegal. They stayed in a hotel. And that, and, uh, uh, Joe, you know, well, Trump's a, a billionaire. Yeah. I'm really sure that 750K, 750K is definitely going to change Trump's life. No, no, this isn't even his living expenses for a month, probably. Yeah, that's the scandal right now. This is. Hey, mom, the meatloaf. What is she doing back there? <laughs> That's the scandal. That's the scandal. That is the equivalent of the meatloaf. That's the meatloaf right there. That's what they care about. I want to see Carolyn Maloney, by the way. Did she get any money from SBF? We should, someone should look at that. Just checking. All right. I got to, you know what, Guy, let's go to the next point because this story just rocked my world. This is from the file folder. I need new conspiracy theories, folks, because all of the other conspiracy theories are now coming true. Can you please send me some new ones? Because see, really, it's almost getting boring at this point. All the old ones are coming true. Stay tuned. Did you hear this story yesterday about the FBI? FBI. I'll get to that in a second. Let me get to my, uh, my next sponsor first because I want to cover this one. This one is just glorious again. Believe me, I mean that in the most uh, offensive way possible. If you want to know what the left's real plan is for your kids, just look at the reaction of the work Patriot Mobile did in multiple school districts in Texas. The left's just losing their minds over it. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider, and they're a force for conservative values. It's because they take a portion of your bill and fund conservative causes and candidates who believe in the sanctity of life, freedom of speech, the Second Amendment, and they're winning. Patriot Mobile has affordable plans for you, your family, even your business. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers because they use multiple major networks. Plus, you're supporting conservative values with every call. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Dan or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation with the offer code DAN. Special discounts are also available for veterans and first responders. Join our movement, make the switch today, and make a difference tomorrow. Patriotmobile.com slash Dan. Patriotmobile.com slash Dan or call 972-PATRIOT. Thanks, Patriot Mobile. 
With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com slash security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. So, uh, you remember when I was talking with Darren Beatty and Julie Kelly and we were covering how the FBI's activities surrounding the January 6th insurrection, worse than Pearl Harbor, definitely worse than 9-11. You remember, uh, in January 6th, committee, I mean, serious people are on there. Adam Kinzinger, Adam Kinzinger, Wetworks, and then uh, Liz Cheney, who no longer has her congressional seat coming up. Congrats, Harriet Hageman on that one. Remember when I told you, I said, you know, the FBI, man, it seems awfully strange how they're overcharging, charging people with conspiracy and all this crazy stuff for what at best, and believe me, I mean at best, some of this stuff was open door stuff. At best was like a trespassing misdemeanor. I've never heard of anything like this. Why were they overcharging people? Well, now it makes a little bit of sense. You see this tweet by the New York Times? New York Times acknowledging that eight informants Eight FBI informants may have been embedded in the Proud Boys. Gosh, that seems awfully strange. Eight yeah. FBI informants. You know, it's interesting. When we were told this, they note the FBI has, many, has had as many as eight informants inside the Proud Boys in the months around the January 6th Capitol attack. Recent court papers indicate raising questions about how much federal investigators were able to learn from them before and after it took place. So weird because when we brought this up, guys, you remember the fact checkers started wetting their diapers again. I had a mommy clean them up. Yeah. Remember the media calling it? Yeah, I remember that. Well, again, I need new conspiracy theories because all the old ones seem to be now coming true. We were right again. Every time there, Brother Damn, Joe, Dan. every time we've got, we are now undefeated in the conspiracy theory market. <laughs> conspiracy with air quotes. Undefeated, the undefeated streak continues. So I got a few questions. As a former federal agent myself, I got some preguntas here. <laughs> what were those uh, informants doing? But, no, what were they doing? I mean, what were they actually doing? What were they there to do? Were the Proud Boys engaged in some illegal activity that would cause the FBI with their guns and their badges to insert informants there? Uh, maybe. I'd love to hear about it. Love to hear what exactly incentivized this. Also, since this is considered the biggest, uh, most destructive attack on American soil since uh, 9-11, worse so. I mean, it was an insurrection. They almost tore the government down in one day. Crazy how that happened. I mean, they must have saw something different than we also. The government was going to collapse that day? Really? Listen, there's a lot of things we'd like to change about that thing. But the government was going to collapse? You don't think that's slightly hyperbolic? Comparisons to 9-11? You don't think that's unbelievably ridiculous? But say your comparison's right, and this was worse than 9-11, and the government almost fell. Why didn't those informants tell the FBI about it beforehand? I could see the liberals. No, 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 Dan, Dan, they did, they, they, they did, they did. Oh, they did, so why didn't the FBI do anything about it? You see, yeah, you can't, you can't have that both ways, right? See, if it was a planned insurrection and your informants may have known about it, then why didn't you do something about it? And if your informants didn't know about it, then what the hell were your informants doing? You see how you can't kind of have that both ways? There's no real option. Option C. If this was a planned insurrection, who planned it? The informants have any role in this? You know, I was going to, Gee, throw up that Washington Examiner thing. You know, that's never happened before. FBI informants maybe taking part in an anti-government plot. Oh, wait, Washington Examiner. FBI informants had bigger role in Whitmer kidnap plot than thought, says a report, oh. July 2021. Not like we've seen this before. Let me ask you another question. Where's the media on this story? I'm just curious here if, uh, if it turned out that an Antifa group got locked up for attacking a courthouse in Oregon. I like that's happened before. And then it turned out that the FBI had incentivized Antifa to burn the courthouse down. Don't you think the rage against the machine bros out there, don't you think they'd be screaming uh, about 
COINTELPRO and others, don't you, don't you think they'd be doing that? Weird how they're quiet on this one. I thought they were raging against the machine or something like that. Strange. Why didn't they stop the insurrection if they had informants? What did those informants know about the January 6th bomber? The bomber. What bomber? Exactly. You probably haven't heard about that either. There were allegedly two pipe bombs left in front of a Republican and Democrat national headquarters the day before January 6th, that, that early morning, actually. On January 6th, Kamala Harris was at the DNC. You're telling me there was an active explosive device at the DNC and the FBI is real quiet about it? And so is Congress and everyone else? You haven't heard the story in the media, have you? Why is that? What do the informants know about that? Why don't we know that? I thought we were told it was an insurrection. Now do you understand why they're overcharging people? Again, I did this line of work. The way prosecutors work at the federal level, if they want to scare the hell out of Joe for, say, some low-level conspiracy crime, right? What they'll do is they'll charge Joe with what I've heard commonly called as a kitchen sink. They'll throw everything at him. It's meant to scare the hell out of Joe and his lawyers so that Joe takes a plea. Mm-hmm. You understand that's exactly what happened here? They charged these people with ridiculous crimes in many cases, took away their ability to get out of uh, the gulag in Washington, D.C. early by holding them, calling them a threat to the public. Now does it make sense why they pushed them for pleas? Why, Dan? Because if they didn't plea out and they went to open court, the FBI would be put under oath. Records would be exposed. Informants would have to talk and have to point their finger at people. You see why they want to make that all go away now? All kind of making sense? Darn right, buddy. Darn right. See why the January 6th committee now? It's been awfully quiet lately about a lot of this stuff. Remember, they were advancing a collusion narrative between the Proud Boys and Trump. They were. Collusion narrative for the planned insurrection. Maybe we should hear a little more about that now. Folks, I'm going to be doing an interview show. This is too important. Um, with, some, with an expert on this topic, I'll have more information for you tomorrow. I'm not letting this go, and you shouldn't either. All right, I've got a couple more things to get to before we go for the day. Seniors, listen up, and soon to be seniors. I warned you about this. Don't say I didn't warn you. That the Inflation Reduction Act was the start of drug rationing, which will cause, sadly, many of you to die. I wish that weren't the case, but it is. The Inflation Reduction Act had a, had a, uh, a, a piece in there, which is causing right now the rationing of drugs while, while putting price controls on a list of about 10 drugs. The price controls were so effective, with air quotes, I've covered this now multiple times, that the companies that were producing these drugs to save your lives and others, not just seniors, now stop producing them because they can't make any money on them. Which is only, Joe, what's happened with price controls every single freaking time they've been tried in human history. But let's try it again. Give it a go, Sam. Play it again, buddy. So now writers around the country are starting to pick up on this. Here's AZ Central, John Decker. Hey, there's no way to get around it. The Inflation Reduction Act marks a terrible blow to American seniors. Amen, Brother John. For the millions of older Americans on Medicare, the future of medical innovation is much dimmer, as will be their access to critical prescription drugs. Yes, sir. But AARP, the supposed bastion of senior advocacy, is apparently unfazed. It recently concluded a victory tour, which included an event in Arizona celebrating the bill's enactment as a historic achievement for seniors. Folks, the list right now is only 10 drugs. The Democrats plan to expand it each time to 20, 30, 50, to every drug. And I'm telling you now, I've warned you, just wait until they expand the list. Again, look at me, please. I warned you, the rationing has already begun and it's going to expand to those other drugs as well. And those drugs are the ones affecting you. The Barack Obama will tell grandma to take a pill I promise you, he wasn't kidding. I want to show you this too. 
So the Democrats got wrecked yesterday in court in student loan forgiveness program. Check out this article by CBS News. Another court blocked Biden's unquestionably unconstitutional student loan forgiveness program. Uh, it's a it's it's it, it it's a fairy tale. He has no power to do this whatsoever, Joe Biden. He's now gotten wrecked twice. Um, so I wanted you to just watch this because this perfectly sums up the Democrats. Here's Nancy Pelosi uh, just months ago acknowledging that he has, there's no possible path for Biden to be able to do this. And yet they did it anyway. Sums up the libs perfectly. Check this out. People think that the president of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone. He can delay. But he does not have that power. That would that has to be an act of Congress. This is it. This sums up the libs perfectly. Obama did the same thing. I can't do with the border what you all want me to do. Uh, I have a pen and a phone. I'm going to do it anyway. So here's what happens. Let me walk you through this. I had to write this down. These liberal groups, these like lefty AOC type groups, they pressure the Democrats to do stupid things that they have unquestionably have no power to do, like forgive loans. They don't have the power to do that through the executive office of the president. There's no question about that. They acknowledge they can't do it to, well, why would they acknowledge it? Fair question. They acknowledge they can't do it to basically pressure the liberal groups to stand down because they don't want to be embarrassed publicly because liberals just care about big government power. They don't care about rules or anything. Then when the pressure gets overwhelming, they do it anyway through executive order. They take the political credit for it like they did in the midterms, only to see the courts kick them in the nads later. Sums up the left better than anything. That, that right there. You've seen that over and over. Here's one last piece. And uh, here's the other draw file here I've warned you about. You know the it's not bad enough yet file? I've been covering this for now a week since the election. Yeah. How everybody needs to, I, I get it. I know you're upset and I understand. I'm with you. Believe me, I love this place. More than it is. And where else to go, folks? Save America or there's no, there's no backup. There's no bullpen pitcher coming to save us. This is your home. And we better darn well defend it. But I did tell you that I wouldn't, you know, what's the, the, the um, phrase mentioned in the Bible more than any, be not afraid. Be not afraid. Things are going to turn around. And they're going to turn around, but they got to get a little bit worse first. It's not bad enough yet for people to change their votes, a lot of them. I want you to read this article in the newsletter today by Just the News. Corporate layoffs are a warning sign of the coming economic crash landings, says an economist. Folks, tech companies and a number of corporations are in the process of unloading enormous numbers of employees. This is a really bad sign. I don't wish ill on anyone. I don't wish ill on our economy. I'm just telling you that the rules of the ironclad rules of economics apply. You cannot fabricate value out of nowhere. And that's what the Biden administration is trying to do. It's going to get bad. Inflation is going to get worse. Stagflation is going to get worse. The border is going to get worse. And then it's going to turn around. I'm sure of it. Be not afraid. Thanks again for tuning in, folks. Uh, I really appreciate it. I hope you're going to the Fox Nation Patriot Awards this week. We'll get to celebrate some real patriots. It's been a rough week. I understand that. But uh, these people deserve deserve their due. So I'll see you there. And also, uh, please subscribe to the podcast. I would deeply appreciate it. It means a lot to me. It's free on Apple, Spotify, and on Rumble. We're almost at 2.4. We're at 2.49 million subscribers on Rumble. Uh, we'd love to get to 2.5. Really appreciate it. It's rumble.com slash Bongino. Thanks for listening to the show. See you on the radio show later. You just heard Dan Bongino.